The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about the role of offline media and the future of marketing. Joining us is Jacob Ross, who is the CEO of PebblePost, which is the world's leading digital-to-direct-mail marketing platform, helping hundreds of brands to reach consumers at home with timely, relevant mail that activates buying decisions and drives conversions anywhere. And today, Jacob and I are going to discuss the rise of offline digital channels. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Jacob Ross, the CEO of PebblePost. Jacob, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Excited to have you here. Excited to talk about a digital channel that isn't actually a digital channel. You know, we think so much in the MarTech space about moving data around, and often that lends itself to performance marketing email marketing, SMS, you work in a little bit of a different sphere. You're actually putting physical pieces of marketing in front of your consumers. Talk to me about why offline marketing is rising as a digital marketing channel. You know, the way I always kind of think about it is how did Pebble Post get started? So if it's okay, I can go back to 2015 when this was a glimmer in our eyes. Put us in the time machine, 2015. So we're talking eight years ago. Facebook was really a big deal and on the rise. Maybe Instagram marketing. But there was no TikTok yet. What else was going on in 2015? No TikTok. I don't think Snapchat was at the height of its excitement yet. And so it was this really interesting time where we were still seeing this big increase year over year of digital marketing taking over marketing in general. It's kind of like the analog of software is eating the world. Well, digital marketing has been eating marketing for years. And so it was this really exciting time where we saw print publishers move online. We saw agencies adopt programmatic strategies. We saw all this interesting stuff happening in digital. And PebblePost was founded on this idea that, in fact, you could link two really powerful things. One is that people are spending more and more time online researching, deciding what to purchase, deciding on where to buy their next car, deciding what trip to go to. But at the same time, the home is a critical part of a consumer journey. 
So when consumers are at home online, there's this really interesting connection between the physical and the digital world. And Pebble Post was founded on this idea that if you connect what people are interested in with finding them at home with relevant messages, then you could create a very, very relevant and high performing connection between a consumer and a brand. That's how the business got started. So, Jacob, tell me a little bit about why offline digital channels are so important and why are they on the rise? So what has been so exciting to me in my career and and the last four years that I've spent at Pebble Post has been that the industry evolution and revolution continues. Digital advertising, a share of total marketing dollars continues to increase. But whereas we've seen a monumental rise in solutions like TikTok and Snapchat and Facebook, et cetera, there's also a really interesting trend of traditional offline channels digitizing. We've seen that. Connected TV has reinvented how linear television is bought, targeted, measured, et cetera. Digital out of home has done the same thing for traditional out of home. Spotify and others have changed the game for radio. So when I met the Pebble Post team four years ago, I was blown away because what they had done is they had figured out how to reinvent traditional direct mail. And just so I'm clear, we're talking about physical paper mail to home, which is sometimes something I have to clarify a couple of times, but they'd done it by powering it with digital signals, digital algorithms, and digital measurement. That's where I feel like there's this really interesting cohort of advertising channels that are able to engage with consumers using digital principles, but transacting in a more traditional offline format. And for me, that's really exciting. So, Jacob, what I'm hearing from you is there's all of these what traditionally wouldn't be considered digital marketing channels. We're not talking about delivering an ad on your phone or on your computer. We're talking about delivering advertising media or physical collateral to a person, a prospect, but we're also tracking it using digital marketing technologies. Let's walk through some of those channels one by one and give me a sense of how that data is actually used. It will start off at the top. Tell me a little bit about you're sending print, right? Media, postcards, letters to prospects. Tell me how you're using data to understand the performance of direct mail. I think where we start is everything at Pebble Post is built around relevance. So what we're all familiar with is this sort of trend that seems to have kind of peaked and then ebbed in the 90s called junk mail. And you remember this, your inbox, your mailbox was clogged with all sorts of offers. You opened up your mailbox and the first thing you do was just dump as much of the mail as possible into the recycling bin or garbage can or whatever. And we saw that and we said, gosh, there's so, there's this monumental volume of mail or messages being shared with consumers, but it's not relevant. So what we did is we started with what are consumers interested in? So we work with our brands, let's use uh, Weight Washers as an example, to understand when a consumer goes to their site and browses around, are they mildly interested, very interested, super interested? And our algorithms automatically figure out if this person is worth sending a piece of mail to. And that's really important because unlike pure digital channels, direct mail is very expensive. I think first class rates for postcards are something like 25, 28 cents. And that's not a cost per thousand, that's cost per piece. So the dynamics are a lot different. But we start with a digital signal of is the consumer interested in this product or service? We match the browsing event with a postal address in a privacy compliant way so that we can make sure that we're sending a piece of mail to the consumer at the right time with the right message. 
And then once the mail has reached the consumer, we are able to then close the loop in partnership with the brand. We can measure whether or not a consumer transacted or made a purchase after they received a piece of mail. And then when the next question from a brand is, well, hang on a sec, would my consumer have purchased anyway, this prospect or an existing customer? We run a holdout group so that we're always measuring the incremental impact of the marketing that we run. So in sum, it starts with a digital signal to understand intent. We match that to a postal address, send a relevant piece of mail that's printed on demand every single day for thousands of campaigns and millions of pieces of mail every week. And then that gets to a consumer during their consideration cycle. We measure the impact and then we share the results and the results are phenomenal. Do people ever measure your channel on direct responses in like QR code redemptions or some sort of vanity URL? That's what we see in podcasting. Most of the time, podcasters or, or brands are evaluating their podcasts based on, did somebody get to pebblepost.com slash martechpod and then buy something? Is that something that's a best practice with direct mail? As a best practice, we are happy to work with brands that want to use QR codes or vanity URLs or anything like that. The beauty of direct mail is that everything is trackable down to a unique postal address. So what we generally do from a measurement standpoint is say we're sending a million pieces of mail for a brand over the course of a month and we're mailing every day based on prospecting campaigns, retention campaigns, what have you. So we know every single household that's received a piece of mail from us. The brand will then share with us their transaction data. So they'll say, these are the households that have made purchases on these dates with these products, et cetera. And we'll do what's called the matchback analysis, which simply says if a household has received a piece of mail and then subsequently made a purchase, then we'll claim credit for the conversion of that consumer. And that's usually expressed on a cost per acquisition or return on ad spend, a ROAS goal. And then the question the brand then asks is, well, would this consumer purchase anyway? And that's why we do the holdout group. So we found that the match back analysis and the holdout group generally result in a more holistic sense of performance. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. 
I'm not sure where I heard this or if I just made it up, but generally what I tell people is a vendor URL, a QR code, some sort of other, you're driving somebody from offline to a specific web page. When you get a conversion, you should count nine more conversions on top because the actual influence of the marketing is so much more impactful than somebody actually used and redeemed the offer. It's there's the brand awareness, the stuff that's a little bit more difficult to measure. Your tracking is much better. Talk to me about some of the other digital offline channels. Are they using a similar methodology? We've got your out of home, your billboards, your bus signs, your connected televisions. Is everybody using a similar methodology? I don't claim to be an expert on every other channel. I would say these channels have some similarities. So for example, for CTV and direct mail, the connection is usually a household identifier. You're targeting a household. So the targeting is similar, but the measurement can be really different. And it depends on the TV buyer's objectives, for example. And that may be different than a hardcore direct response objective. A lot of the TV objectives that we've seen our brands using are a blend of performance, awareness, et cetera. And there are a million companies out there that do all sorts of TV measurement. There's a big war being fought on that front between many gargantuan measurement companies that we don't get in the middle of. So we try to keep it really, really simple, data-driven, targetable. One of the conversations that we've been having with our brands is could we help using direct mail tactics measure the impact of advertising in other channels? So if we can close the loop based on what a consumer has been exposed to at home, whether it's you know on the TV in back of me or on the dining room table with a piece of direct mail, could we do that same matchback analysis to measure the results on other channels and deliver the same kind of high quality, very accurate performance analysis? And I think that's a discussion that's probably going to unfold in a lot of interesting ways. Yeah, it's an interesting problem to talk through. And I think about this in podcasting all the time, where when we deliver a podcast ad, people are hearing us. So how do we match back whether somebody was influenced by what they're hearing in the podcast to go make a purchase? It's a challenging thing to do. What we started doing is if someone is exposed to an ad, we can then retarget them with digital media. And we could basically say, okay, this person was in our retargeting audience and we were able to drive their click. We're taking credit for them. And the brand can evaluate them based on they were exposed to an ad. They got to our website. Now is their ROI. There's the sort of hybrid media channels, radio, podcasting, there's your CCTV, and then there's the out of home, right, where it's not just media that someone is being played a television ad or, or listening to a podcast, it's being exposed by, you know, a bus that's driving by. Any sense of how those channels are thinking about digital marketing when they basically carpet bombing a region as opposed to thinking about individual delivery of an ad? Yeah, I mean, it just really underscores one of the fundamental challenges in marketing overall, which is that old Wanamaker quote, which is, I know half my marketing is working. I just don't know which half, which I always love. I grew up with that as like the banner on most of the companies I've worked with. And I think it's really challenging. So I know there have been a lot of really creative solutions. There's a digital out of home company that I won't name, but they have kiosks in municipalities and they show ads. They also have a free Wi-Fi network that they use. And so they use the Wi-Fi network to try to understand consumer behavior by linking the phone to the exposure to an ad. And that takes a lot of ingenuity and a lot of cleverness on the engineering side and also a careful navigation of a bunch of privacy and notice and consent things. So that's one solution. But if you're driving down the highway and looking at a billboard 
it may be more traditional means of measurement that you have to rely on, which is what is the aggregate sales lift or aggregate recall when you do surveys during and post the campaign. So last question I have for you today, as we think about the rise of offline digital channels, how should marketers think about allocating their budget? We've seen performance marketing take a hit with some of the privacy restrictions, but generally you understand who you're reaching and if they're converting. Why and how much should marketers prioritize channels that have some of these challenges of direct attribution, a known impact? How should we think about splitting up the pie? between online and offline marketing? What I've seen is that marketers are under immense pressure to deliver results, especially recently. <laughs> you know, The pressure has never been higher. So they're looking for more ways to evaluate and measure their marketing. And there's new emerging measurement methodologies all the time. I think the other thing that we've seen marketers contend with is cookies are going away. So you're gonna lose a very familiar targeting criteria. Privacy regulations are not going away. There's a whole state and federal set of regulations that are coming down the pike that brands and solutions providers are going to have to contend with. Apple's restrictions on targeting have definitely impacted folks like Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. And so all of this kind of adds up to brands need new ways to reach consumers with relevance at scale. And sometimes what's old becomes new again. And sometimes there is a need to investigate in new ways, new channels. So I think that the general group of digital to offline or offline to digital solutions are probably underweight for the most part in a marketer's plan, although you're seeing big investments in CTV, especially over the last couple of years. But what we've seen is that marketers are taking a very data-driven test and learn approach to testing into some of these channels. And I think that's the right way to go. And we try to be very consultative about that. You know, one of the things the smartest marketers in the world are doing is they're finding ways to integrate digital technology into channels that you wouldn't traditionally think are digital marketing channels. And I think that direct mail is a great example of how you can really get accurate data from a channel that doesn't actually produce data in real time. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jacob Ross, the CEO of Pebble Post. Join us again tomorrow when Jacob and I continue our conversation talking about why engaging customers at home matters most. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jacob, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Jacob A. Ross. That's J-A-C-O-B-A-R-O-S-S. Or you could visit his company's website, which is pedalpost.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.